Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. This is episode number 84 of FIA Goes PC. Eight and four, and it's been a hell of a week. A massive week. We actually had a special. A special. Put a pin in that. Number 83 was time travel. We are masters and mistresses of time travel. Now, a lot of you are going to be thinking, how's England looking? We know that you're all in lockdown. Uh, Scotland did it first. Wales did it probably around the time Scotland did it. Northern Ireland, well, they're doing their own thing. But England, <sighs> we're fine. We're okay. We're locked down. We've been locked down for over a year because we're still in an abandoned botanical garden. We haven't moved. I mean, we've had a hell of a year with lockdown specials going through gypsy camps and fields with sheep. We're still in the uh, botanical garden. Wynne's got a pastime. That's our producer. She's got a new pastime. Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. She's coloring in old abandoned coloring books. Meanwhile, I'm stuck here in the corner looking at all the cracks in the window. And I am your host as always, Rebel Zen, a.k.a. Danny Hale. And of course, a prelude to our producer, Winifred. Say hello. Hello. How are you enjoying the coloring in books? Uh, it's okay. I mean, you're doing it mentally because you don't have any coloring in things. <laughs> I think no they're overrated. Tips. I really don't understand the adult coloring books. Yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> you have a similar disposition to aliens. What I imagine first contact to be like, because you present something to you and you logically stare at it for hours without doing anything. Because you've mentally been coloring in these books without the use of felt tips, crayons or anything <laughs> like this. So, yeah. I understand it's a kind of meditative process but you know whatever floats your boat you are an extraterrestrial i just like looking out the window that'll do me of her spaceship <laughs> so we've we've got through halloween we survived that yay that's the least of our concerns right now walking <laughs> into this week as you all know if you're in uh, the usa right now who wouldn't know mm -hmm. i mean even mm -hmm. if you didn't want to know nope. and even if you're the most determined person to never know uh, it's the U.S. election very soon. It's actually officially tomorrow by the time this comes out. Yes. But it's actually officially in UK time more like Wednesday. But I think we'll Little be back in zones. we'll be back in two weeks because we're back to that format now. We did mm -hmm. have a special number eighty three was a special. Special. Uh, we threw that out. Yeah, <gasps> it was a, a a year in a planning. I nearly yeah. lost all tongue <laughs> Words. tongue tongue ability. <laughs> Must have been a brain error. Uh, but what I will say is yeah like for us it's wednesday and let me tell you something if you're listening to america right now there's a lot of you and it's right it's really right because it almost feels like an invasion of your own privacy politically speaking but you've probably got really sick to death of foreign people coming in and telling you what they think about the u.s election there's been loads pierce morgan one example of it. Mm -hmm. Nigel Farage, human pest dispenser, another example of it. Um, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen has been doing it for years. And I agree with you. It's really none of our business. But I want you to put your 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 uh, feet in our shoes for a minute. We've got nothing else to do. We're on another national lockdown. Not quite. Thursday yeah. is when it starts. <laughs> yeah, but we get to watch this drama in real time explode. No one's this working. This is true. Yeah. We're locked down again. 
Uh, that's been interesting. I'll talk mm. about that in a minute. But let's focus on the special. We 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 were back in Tokyo, and it was filmed in 2019. And weirdly, just thinking of how much the world has changed one year later, how much has happened? How much could we not predict? Mm-hmm. We thought we were being very clever back in 2019, going, ah, the world's not going to change that much. It just shows you how <laughs> everyone takes everything for granted. Yep. But one thing that came through from every one of our peer groups, our people, families, friends, sheep, gypsies, all of these people, uh, strongmen called Thor, farmers that speak farmer, they all said the same thing. Why are you guys socially distanced? Are you in Tokyo right now? <laughs> so we obviously have some kind of semi-psychic connection with the future. I wore a mask in season one. That's all I'm saying. I mm -hmm. made it hip. Yep, yep. Most people will be like, man, you've got so low subscription numbers and stuff like this. We're seeing whatever the number is, 23, 4, 25, now up to 50 something, you know. But I'm just saying, I started a world trend. Think about that, kids. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And just for the listeners who haven't seen episode 83, which is seen because it's on YouTube. Yes. Uh, for the first time ever, we come to you in a glory a vision. Yeah. You can <laughs> For see a full us. episode. Well, we, it was a hell of a job lip syncing that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. <laughs> and we recorded it uh, each in our separate rooms. Yeah. So well, you should go just check to, that Just out. to give people an understanding, from the shots, it's all shot on a GoPro. Mm -hmm. I had one. Pete had one. That's why Wynn's always in it. She's not got an ego, I promise you. She just has to be in every just scene, the apparently. Center of attention. I think she was feeling left <laughs> out because in three TV series, you'd never seen her. No, you never so, seen her. <laughs> For this, we made her the centerpiece. Um, Thank you very much. And we, <laughs> we sort of evolved around it like two guardian lines to a temple. But the thing that was interesting is we have wide angle lenses. Mm -hmm. And when I'm watching it back, it's like, that's a pretty big place. Yeah. But it really wasn't. <laughs> it, really it was the wasn't. only way we could literally set it up so we could do a podcast. And mm -hmm. every time we did a podcast in Japan, if you want to go right back... It's around 43, is it? 43 Starting, to 50? Yeah, 43 is the first episode we recorded yeah. in Japan. Because that's basically the kind of... We we always try and tag... So that's the making of what we were doing when we were making the uh, the Series 3 of Project FIA. Mm -hmm. Starting from 43 up to 50, it's literally that span. So you get to relive stuff. It's quite interesting. So there's a lot of time traveling, this is, is the point. But that was the setup every week for us whilst we were out in Tokyo. We were set up like that. And uh, you just got a window seat because we, we always plan that episode to kind of go into the series. Mm -hmm. No matter what, Win and I have learned from many, many, many traveling uh, episodes from various fields of sheep to fields of camels and yaks and sand dunes of snowmen. We've sand learned, yeah, yeah, sun dunes of snowmen. It's climate change, man. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, the Arctic of sandmen and the deserts of snowmen. Okay. Uh, we have been around the world, uh, and we always know we have to prepare something for a rainy day, which, again, due to climate, is most days in, in the UK right now is a rainy day. <laughs> so we've always got a plan for every rainy day, and that's a lot of rainy days if you're yeah. British. So we're more planned than people in a drought. That's all I'm saying. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, and if you are in a drought, I'm not trying to make fun of you. Sorry. But why you listen to this podcast, man? Leave. Go to a rainier climate. Anyway, world's problems. So we've learned to stock things. And this was a case where we had a, a year-long plan. 
And we kind of filmed the series back then, literally for launch this year. We knew it'd come out this year. We always planned that around Halloween. So a lot of the stuff is suggesting it's mm. this time of year and all of this stuff. It's all themed. In fact, a lot of the jokes are now old. Because <laughs> it was Halloween when we launched it and we yeah. got there a day before. But our last week has been literally nose to grindstone, getting this series out. And um, that's about 80 hours of footage. There, there might be things i can do later where we'll probably dissect on youtube and do a few special things because mm -hmm. we did so much in tokyo mm -hmm. i had to just whittle it down to bite-sized portions otherwise you i think everyone would be reprogrammed and living a lunacy life <laughs> i mean the most abstract stuff i had to take out uh, and that's there's some gold in in the forge we got but there's i you know some abstract stuff in there as we well have. mostly abstract <laughs> i might add but uh, I want to talk about really this podcast is going to be kind of um, giving you guys a tour of why we did the things we did. Mm -hmm. um, not to avoid controversy. We shoot things essentially to be controversial, but in a very different way, in a very appropriate way. We're not trying to hurt the people around us. We're trying to do something that I think has been um, we're taking advantage of the fact that there's a wave of common trends about topics I'll, I'll i'll explain that in english in a minute i'm still trying to figure out if my brain's working <laughs> it's been a very weird week uh before we start wrapping up really season three we really wish we could have had the unicorn slayer with us he's busy at work he's only got a few days before he can work and then he's like everyone in england laid off is is basically furloughed. yeah furloughed uh is edward furlough uh furlong <laughs> uh terminate two john connor no. is him at the moment and uh he won't be working for a wee while so what we're trying to do right now is, you know, cover our tracks without him. We'll probably do this again as a reflective piece when he's back. Mm -hmm. um, or we'll be going to Japan again once all of this crazy has ended and we can actually do another series out there. That'd be fun. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. If we ever get to fly again, mm -hmm. who knows? Uh, we might just have to, uh, I don't know, pretend that we're in Japan by... Uh, Swimming in a swimming pool until we've really, we've swam the miles to get there. I don't know. It's a weird world right now. We just don't know what's around the corner. We'll get onto FI in a bit and wrap up series three. Really, not really wrap it up, but kind of have a perspective and tell you all why we did Project FI in the first place and blah blah blah. But before that, let's just deal with the fact that it's U.S. election. It's literally going to be Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, follow through to Wednesday. I personally don't know. And I think most of America probably feels the same. If you're going to get a result mm. before next week. Or if there's uh, going to be know. recounts. Or... Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, we got two weeks. Uh, what I think will definitely happen in the two weeks that, you know, we've got. So we got this week, then the week after we're off yeah. and then we're back the week after. You'll probably have a new president by then. Yeah. Or the same president by then. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> um, I'm rooting for Kanye. Just going to say it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to root for Kanye. I'm pretty sure his name was meant to be Kenya, mm. but something went wrong. Mm. Yeah, Kanye, mm. run for president. Yes, mm. you can. Yes, you can. Yeah, that's his slogan. <laughs> See what I did? And you know what else he needs? Uh, go west. Go west? That's his slogan. Yeah, go west. And you can have the Pet Shop Boys playing. It's easy. Uh. It's easy to sell <laughs> Kanye. He's a very marketable guy. Okay. Yeah. You should uh, be his PR. <laughs> I, I really he should phone he me up needs some well the PR. thing is i hope he does phone me up but i hope he does it at a reasonable time because that dude talks oh he does and he talks for a while mm. i love the guy and i'll tell you why i love the guy right because okay. when first kanye said that he was going to run for president mm. i i don't think there was a chair 
in this country where no one fell out of it laughing. I'm pretty <laughs> certain the whole world that found out that Kanye was running for president. All chairs were empty. Rolled around <laughs> laughing at proverbial uh, knees off. Uh, and uh, uh, all I'm going to say is, right, Americans were like, you know, all my friends out in California around the world, the most mm -hmm. liberal people I know and the most Republican people I know, really, were all like, really? It's mm -hmm. a bit late in the game, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, it's a lot of ridicule. A lot of press were filming him, a lot of splintered kind of paparazzi were out in his little speeches that he randomly did in shopping malls. Yeah. Scared the hell out of children, you know? Mm. When I'm president, I'm going to... And all the kids are crying. Oh, jeez, it's only Kanye. Don't worry about it. It's just cool. But actually... Uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. So I'm just going to plug it, but I'm not going to go into it too much. You should all see it, actually. Uh, mm. Anyone listening, if you've got time, which you will have in the UK now, you're on lockdown. You've got so you've lots got of time. Tons of time. And you'll need three hours. Yeah, because Kanye talks. But actually, the interview that he did with Joe Rogan was incredible. It really shows okay. you what he is and what he's about. Mm. To say he's idealistic would be accurate. To say he's naive as hell would be accurate. Mm. But he kind of is aware of that. There's a few things he says that makes you think you've been watching and playing Trump's playbook. Like Trump is now feeling like he's created some kind of stereotype for running for president. What you got to do is say to everyone you're a billionaire. You got to tell everyone you're a genius. You got to tell everyone that the rules in the world and the education systems and almost everything, including science, does not apply to you because you're <laughs> above it all. And your superpower, you got to have a superpower. Have you noticed mm. that? Okay. Trump's is his hair. Obviously, everyone knows that. Because that's orange. not really... Well, the superpower he has is his hair. Because let's be honest, no human has hair like that. Okay. Seriously, how do they do it? It's a sculpture. Mm. It's aerodynamic. Find out who his hairdresser if is. If Elon Musk wants to make people race faster in a Tour de France, build a helmet that's shape of Trump's hair. Mm. It'll work, I'm promising you. Because <laughs> it flicks out the back. Aerodynamic. It's got a spoiler. It's immense. Okay. It's got a spoiler. It's got a spoiler. Yeah, oh spoiler gosh. alert. That's amazing. You should do that in every race. And can you imagine how annoying that'd get? Spoiler alert. <laughs> F1's have got a spoiler. Anyway, so yeah. So basically what I'm saying is it was an interesting interview. Mm. It's not as crazy as you think. Joe Rogan does an amazing job mediating, usually does. But it's actually the only way I think you will ever see around the world what Kanye is all about. Okay. It's really interesting. He makes it some kind good of, points then. He does. Mm. It's really the heart. Sure. In some weird way, it reminded me of Michael Jackson. And I think, and that's not an accident, it refers to Michael Jackson quite a lot, but there's this innocence, there's this world leader element to him, there's mm. a, this ideology. Okay. It's almost like he's being childlike, but it feels like he's pl he's planned his psychology to be this character that he's now presenting mm. because he feels like that's going to make people take him more seriously but because he's him he can't hold the character long enough so he riffs and he goes into different spaghetti junctions in his brain and he goes off on like random Tangents. crusades and missions and says some stuff that is massively controversial won't lie but some stuff he says mm. the heart is right and i think in the climate of where things are in america even if he is quote unquote totally non-conventional worrying to be commander in chief that part i think eluded him until joe rogan hit him with some sobriety you know you're right. going to be in charge of the military so what if something happened yeah, <laughs> you know right, right, and right. then he suddenly freaked out like oh all of his toys have been put back in the <laughs> playpen but no i think Kanye is actually a really 
he's very positive. Mm. And Joe Rogan wrapped it up recently as saying he's kind of like Elon Musk on a different side of the spectrum. And I mm. agree with that. There's actually a lot of similarities with the two of them. Okay. It is interesting. It is interesting. And you should watch it because, frankly speaking, if he wasn't so on a religious crusade, like mm. claiming that he's running for president because God told him to. Okay. If it wasn't that narrative, yeah. I think he, 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 if he said more like, no one else has got a vision I've got. Mm. I'm the guy that will give you the vision. If he wasn't trying to lead like Abraham or something, it, it would be better, more palatable in today's world. Sure, because yeah. just saying that God told you I can do this thing yeah, as a messenger, a <laughs> well, that denies <laughs> the Muslim people, the, the Islamic church, that denies the Jewish church. Yeah. You know, it's very particular. Mm. And then we're in the world of cults. So we've got a kind of, because Kanye's God is Kanye's God, folks. Let's be honest. Mm. All right? We don't share the vision. Mm. However, and going back to how he's actually a good thing, Maybe that's just the way he can drive this. Maybe he thinks Trump had to fake being religious. He did. Let's be honest. Trump yeah, had to appeal. fake it. Yeah. yeah. Trump had to kind of rub shoulders with the evangelists and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, he did. I've got to do something because, mm. you know, it's just this has become the playbook. Mm. Now, I and this is a really good way of closing the conversation down about the election. This election is a pinnacle moment in the time of humanity. It's America's politics might not affect you if you're in, you know, Portugal or if you're in Spain or if you're even here in the UK as much uh, every day. I mean, it does in the overall picture, but it doesn't every day of your life. So a lot of you probably like, mm, whatever, it's only America, who cares? Yeah. But I'm going to be here to tell you guys, like, the reason this is a pinnacle moment is because I think the US election is indicating that there is in, an immense change in humanity happening. Mm. It's almost like what America represents right now is what the world's got. It's the old dynasty, the old political dynasty versus this new thing that could be called Twitter, it could be called social media, this new thing that's evolved, this public forum that everyone's enraged by everything. What is wearing pink shoelaces? No, my God, he can't wear pink shoelaces. That, right? That's what's happening. It's the old dynasty way of being like, just shut things down, plausible deniability. Every world's government does that. With this explosive new promotional, self-promoting, self-invested you know, speech that mm. Trump's always given. Mm. Trump is, doesn't matter about his age, he is the mental equivalent to social media. He's running the office like social media runs an office, you know. It's it's an interesting. It, he's kind of bizarrely the millennial voice, mm. even though he's in his seventies. Sure. Whereas Joe Biden is like listening to black and white reruns of Reagan. <laughs> you know, like the world has really moved past Joe Biden. Yeah, because he's talking about gay marriage like it's a new thing. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah, everything's kind of weird yeah. mm. and never, uh, you know, uh, Kalamata uh, Harris. I don't trust her. Kalamata. Yeah, she's an olive, right? Kamala. Kamala Rara. No, Kamala. Kamala. I can't. It's Kamala. Kamala. Kamala yes. Anderson. I keep having to no. say it. She worries the hell out of me. She just worries me. And that's why I'm saying there's this old dynasty Whereas the only new voice is Trump. And this is why people are exploding. Mm. They're exploding. I think the, the, the liberal-minded people in the world, they really wanted the new thing to be their thing. They wanted that 
Obama to be the new thing. Obama should be the new blueprint. But Obama just showed you that he's in dynasty politics. The minute you guys elected him in, he just started doing the same thing that Clinton had done. And, mm. you know, Bernie was your best bet. But there's no way in hell I think America could handle the kind of change that Bernie would have given, which is righteous, mm. um, extremely socialist, mm. which in a place like America is like, that's never going to work. Mm. It's never going to. The diversity is too intense. Yeah. What Bernie was basically saying is if we all pull together, if we all put the hands in the pie together, we can fix all of this stuff. Yeah. And it's all logic. Yeah. Of course, no one wants to listen to logic. No, we want monster trucks, Bernie. We want NASCAR. We want the we, freedom to This say is no. the thing about America. <laughs> the, the best things about America are also the worst things about America. Right. On both spectrums. Mm. Right. So... Donald Trump represents, in my opinion, this explosive faction of the world that everyone has to be right. No one is wrong. Every independent person is right now. There's no intellectual argument. There's no conversation. There's no discussion. And the best thing about Trump, I just watched the Pennsylvania stuff that he'd done in one of the last rallies. Yeah. He's got this huge titan tron from wwe playing screens of edited footage of biden it's like celebrity deathmatch oh it's gosh. literally like you're watching a guy doing play-by-play -play. and in a minute biden's gonna say <laughs> this wait for it oh it's like a ricky gervais sketch man <laughs> you know it's amazing but that's what's and this is gonna sound crazy to a lot of my democrat friends but that's what's endearing about donald trump mm. he says the most nuts nihilistic crazy insane stuff mm -hmm. but the thing that is the worst about donald trump is he's usually right he's mm. usually right at the end of it all mm. that's the thing that's scary about the guy because we're so like is he republican is that going to work here is he a party representative is he totalitarian <laughs> is he hitler <laughs> or is he just colonel sanders i can't is he walt disney what is he I can't, I can't figure out Donald Trump, He's right? definitely interesting. But I think mm. you'll find, and it's interesting, mm. because he's done exactly what he said he'd do, mm. which wasn't a lot, let's be honest. There's policies that just he... seem to come out of the air, but he's done it. He didn't make many promises, so he didn't have to well, keep Well, he built the wall, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. It, you know, it's got wires on it, apparently, so I'll just take that from Pennsylvania. But the conversation about him mm. is that as much as he irks us, it feels like the only thing scary about Donald Trump to me is Mike Pompeo. Mm, yeah, Secretary of State. Mike Pompeo is the only scariest thing about Donald Trump. He... Mike Pence is all right. Mike Pence is Christian Bale in an old man's outfit. Oh I'm convinced of it. No, seriously, guys, if you're there in America and you just want to take your mind off the severity of all this, mm -hmm. watch Mike Pence 60 Minutes interview. And then just watch any old clip of Christian Bale in American Psycho, <laughs> right? But just the audio. Okay. And literally put, not even American Psycho, anything, like uh, the big short, whatever. Just Christian Bale in his normal Christian Bale American accent. Okay. But Batman, no, because the context is weird. Mm. All right, don't apply Batman to <laughs> Mike Pence, okay? <laughs> but if you do that, and then you look at Mike Pence, his face shave, Imagine Christian Bale with the Mike Pence outfit. It's scary. What? He is so Mike Pence. What? They're not the same guy. Mike Pence is a guy. <sighs> but it's uh, it's interesting. So I just think that, yeah, the thing that's annoying about Donald Trump is he somehow is right. Mm. He's right about a lot of this stuff. He's wrong about a lot of stuff. But the actual things he's actually acted on, 
because a lot of it's just hot air mm. a lot of it's just fluff <laughs> but the stuff he's actually been right about or yeah. wanted has been stuff that both parties have been trying to push for years years and years and years and he's right. actually done it he's actually finished the job you know mm. uh clinton pushed the wall you know yeah. and i think this is what i'm saying by we're really seeing politics for the first time mm. we've all seen it but we've never really been engaged with it and those that are engaged with it are really nerdy about it you know it's like train spotters or people who watch the oj trial very similar crowd all right the ones that are really into politics mm. they're the guys who watch all these crime cases and think they can do better than the lawyers <laughs> and they change their mind every day that's literally u.s government really mm. it's our government for sure because everything our government says is changing day by day week by week promises that have been made us have completely gone you know so we're seeing this insane picture this is why it matters to everyone in the world because we're seeing clarity and the thing that's scary about okay so we've got this situation trump and all this stuff with the biden situation democrats the thing that scares me about them is their world agenda there is a serious liberal push that's becoming this huge tidal wave that if you don't accept the liberal push you're the enemy of the liberal push and it's it's a very strange circumstance but nancy pelosi is the one for me mm. that tells you the horror show of the democrats right now and there's a lot of democrats that totally understand that mm. they totally do because there's nothing liberal about being as hateful you know no. there isn't no. trump is pompous a ringleader He's nowhere near Adolf Hitler, folks. He hasn't got the decorum of Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler had a massive vocabulary for a start. <laughs> All right. Not everything was super and fantastic. fantastic. He didn't need a he didn't need a photo <laughs> shoot and a Titantron with video clips to prove his point either. No. You know, I mean, you could argue he might have. But the rallies are very Hitler, though. The Trump rallies. Think there about was, it. There was an image I saw where they had his face on screen and people compared it to 1984, like it's, Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think one thing that I will say is it's not like I, I hate to do that comparison, like Adolf Hitler, because it means that I'm saying that Trump's a Nazi. I'm not saying that. I don't think he's racist. I'm going to be one of these guys that says I don't think he's racist. I think he plays racist to attract who he thinks is a prime audience of the Republican Party. And I think he's a parody of it. Mm. I think he's literally satire in the Republican office. I think he is. Mm. To just get the vote. Yeah. To keep them happy. That kind of makes sense with the, in the debate. When well, he I definitely, to... this is what I'm saying to people listening, because I'm yeah. trying to help you through the election. Essentially, I don't think Donald Trump is racist. His track record does not say that as a businessman, as a human being. It doesn't. Sure. But he has to do political ties and affiliations and all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, like an immature person in the role of president, which is what he is, let's face it, <laughs> is not politically correct, not trained to be politically correct. He's an aggressive business guy. Mm -hmm. He's a real estate agent. They're mm -hmm. the worst. We can tell you loads of stories about real estate agents. Oh, God. The fact of the matter is, to claim that he is Nazi-affiliated, no way. Mm. He just isn't. The dude made his business in Manhattan. Manhattan's the most liberal place ever. Bouncy, trippy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Everyone's living with their boyfriend, girlfriend, duck, squirrel. You know, it's, squirrel. it's that kind of a place. <laughs> that's probably why his hair's the way it is. Um, yeah, with a spoiler. Uh, so, yeah, that's wrapped it up. But I want to just tell you, election day, and it is important. The reason I'm so excited, you can hear it in my voice, and I've been talking about this for ages, is because it's a pivotal moment of change in the world. Surrounded by a global pandemic that makes no sense to anyone. And I think that you put it all together, 
people like me have been saying, oh, man, I wish this decade had some kind of feeling to it. Some <laughs> you know? definition. Some definition. Like 70s being a music thing, 80s sure, being sure. a tech thing, yeah. 90s being train spotting and the films of uh, oh, Channel stuff. 4, Film 4 and all that stuff for when it's a funeral. Now, this is the apocalypse of the old dynasty <laughs> parliament. This is the end of capitalism. Mm. Things have to evolve from here. They yeah. have to. Yeah. There's no choice. It's got to be a paradigm And maybe shift. that's what the, the, the pandemic's all about, because it ties into the EU, mm. which is weird, mm. and the Brexit, and it ties into the US election. Mm. Oh, shocker. That's weird. That's circumstantial. <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theory, flat earth theory. Everyone lives on the pizza. What? What? I'm just saying. I really think it's interesting. I think it's actually more exciting than we're giving it credit for. And the fact that the Trump rally, and I did say it it, it works like the Nazis and Hitler. Let me clarify. It works like Hitler and the popularity and the fact that Trump has such an impact on his audience. When have you seen a politician have that much power with an audience bar Barack Obama? Right. You just haven't. Mm. You just haven't seen it. You know? And they've got something in common. Mm. Barack Obama was the first ethnic president. Mm. So he's surrounded by people who are liberalists. They want to not be racist. Mm -hmm. They want to be there to show support that they like black people because they got a black friend. That was Barack Obama. And we've all got him <laughs> and we think he's great. And we all look at us with our black friend. That's mm -hmm. un Unfortunately, that's the reason everyone was in the audience, apart from the black people who felt vindicated. Thank God. Yes. Trump's got the reverse. He's got the NASCAR audience. He's got the Yeehaw audience. Yeah. He's got the monster truck audience. He's got all of the guys that have been alienated in their trade. He's mm -hmm. done great deals for them. Yeah. But it's going to, you know, it is what it is, man. Each has it's their like, like I'll put audience. it this way, right? White America's got their Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Mm. That's how it is. Yeah. You know? I can see that. And so there's no racism attached to that. But after having Obama telling everyone essentially, Hinton, you're racist for years, because he did. You just look at it. That's what he was saying. Trump is doing reverse. Mm. And it's all politics, folks. That's what politics looks like. And hopefully, by the time we get a Latino president, which I'm really counting on, it's going to be around the corner. Ray Mysterio, I'm hoping for. Or, or The Rock. Or The Rock. Alexandra. Oh, oh yeah, Cortez. Uh, I can't say her name. I just call her AOC. I don't know. I think I don't call her. I can't say that. You sound racist. Uh, yeah, like there's going to be a change. And I think that we are at the end of a dynasty mm. and no one get, wants to give up power. Trump is the best guy for that situation. Uh, would like to say Back to the Future predicted it. The Simpsons predicted it. Mm. Neither one of them got it right. Because <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, we were high tech with hoverboards in the Trump future of Bats of the Future Part 2. In The Simpsons, it was all, you know, more or less the same kind of stuff. Now, it's 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 going to be radical change. So just to finish it, it's election. There's going to be a new president. Everyone in America right now, I think you can all take a really big deep breath, no matter what the result, no matter what's going on, just think at least it's over. At least it's over for now. Let's regroup and rally because mm -hmm. actually a lot of the candidates... Though on that podium might not be there in four years' time. <laughs> it is literally the most old uh -huh. senior, I should say, to be PC. Yeah. The senior elections. Yeah. But it is literally, I think you're seeing a positive, a transition from the old to something new. And unfortunately, the something new is, a, is a, you know, it's Donald Trump. The other thing we can conclude that's happened subsequently, through all of this craziness, mm -hmm. Sean Connery. 
Oh. Oh, gosh. He's, he's turned 90. So he's had some good runnings. Let's be honest. Sean Connery. The original Bond. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best Bond. Pretty much because, you know, the, um, the sort of the platform hadn't been done. He mm-hmm. was the first, therefore the probably the classic. The, yeah. yeah. The only thing he wasn't was from Oxford. <laughs> yes, I'm not from Oxford, yes. But, you know, he was also Indiana Jones' dad. He was, yeah. He was also in uh, The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that guy had a career. What a stellar career. Yeah, nice the, the thing team. about Sean Connery is you don't realize how incredible his career really was. So many innovations, so many first times. Mm-hmm. Man, arguably the most famous Scottish guy on the planet ever. Yeah. Arguably. For all the right reasons. He was also a patriot wanting uh, independent Scotland, which got into a lot of controversy in, in you know, the last sort of 30 years of life. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, it's a remarkable, remarkable talent. Remarkable the fact that he was so relevant, even in my lifetime, he did a film uh, with Nicolas Cage called The Rock, Jerry Bruckheimer. Yes. Of course, he was London Secret Service back then. Yes. <laughs> and obviously he wasn't, he was always Scottish. I love The Rock. Did. Yeah. The yeah. film and the guy. But yeah, you if know. you smile, yeah. <laughs> I won't do it because he'll break the microphone. <laughs> I was just going to get into my Dwayne Johnson mode, folks. Uh, there's the eyebrow. I can't see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I do the eyebrow, I look like Kevin Hart doing The Rock. <laughs> When you do the eyebrow, you look like Kevin Hart doing The Rock. Not literally. That would be... Impersonating. Uh, I look like when Kevin Hart... You just look weird. Doing a Rock impression, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I look like. But yeah, no, Sean Connery, man. Like, I, it's, it is really outstanding how many things he did that were first the kind, genre first... Mm-hmm. I think he worked with Hitchcock. I think, you know, like this is a guy that's covered the glory days of Hollywood, still relevant in the 90s, mm-hmm. like I said, when he did The Rock. Yeah. Gosh. And uh, <laughs> Entrapment he did with Catherine Zeta-Jones, one yeah. of her first Hollywood roles. It's amazing, man. I watched I that think... recently. Really? Yeah, it looks really old. Still a good film. Crazy. It's okay. I just think the whole thing is like... You just, you know, 90 years old, a lot of people are going to start going, oh, so sad. No, you know, it's really not sad. It's a because full life, The dude's man. been 90. I mean, how many people in Hollywood get to 90, mm-hmm. you know? I'll check. I'm not sure, but he had a long time living in Spain. Mm. A long time. And uh, that must have, you know, pushed his life forward. But we haven't seen him publicly. I think there's been clips of him at Wimbledon. Uh, and playing golf but yeah what a legendary career that guy had yeah i think as an english person it's always a bit difficult to take the whole you know let's make scotland independent and all of that because it's well it's it's worse because he was king of england in robin hood prince of thieves (laughs) and he'd been to scotland to fight scotland and and come back scottish so that was interesting the casting was a bit how much would they pay sean connery to do five minutes where he has to be the king of england (laughs) If he's so anti-English, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, James Bond is dead. Daniel Craig is a new Bond. He's a Liverpool supporter. It means a lot. 
Okay. Uh, well, he's the current Bond. Who knows who's going to be the new Bond? Yeah. I was actually thinking of this the other day, and this will be my closing thought. Who would be the good Bond now? Everyone's saying Tom Hardy. No, do not make Tom Hardy do Bond because mm. he'll have Bane's voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Imagine. This is money, Patty. It won't be good. Okay. All right. Gary Oldman's too old. <laughs> Um, I, I had a really good idea and it's completely escaped me. I knew who I would get as Bond and it's completely gone. Who was it that I said? I'll tell you who shouldn't do it. Matthew McConaughey. Mm. Even though I'd love a Texan Bond, yeah. I think it would be the best thing ever. Can you imagine? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, no, I love Matthew McConaughey. He was a good Joe Rogan thing as well. I'm mm. selling Joe Rogan's show. I shouldn't. <laughs> I guess far more to people. Be fair. People who like to listen to podcasts probably listen to. Well, he's the he's anyway. basically the platform. I feel like podcast. He's if you saw podcast in a dictionary, it'd be Joe Rogan's show. Yeah. Really, I just find it very interesting because here's the thing about Joe Rogan. I used to watch him in Fear Factor. I used to watch him in Newsroom. I, I've I've lived his career with him, and for me back then, like the UFC was a shock. Because honestly, like when I knew Joe Rogan, he had hair. He looked like Joe Tribbiani from <laughs> Friends. He literally looked like Matt LeBlanc, okay, when he was younger. Mm. Very similar. And then suddenly he's doing a UFC, and it took me a while to put the two guys together. But he's legitimately a stand up comedian before he's anything else. That's mm. the thing that's weird. Because mm. you think he's sort of kind of this jock that went into stand up comedy. Right. Because how does a stand up comedian do the UFC commentary? And that's weird. That's like Jim Carrey calling a boxing match literally mm. like tyson's re return match jim carrey's doing a thing well he has many hats it's amazing you. it's amazing yeah sure <laughs> we, stupid hat. there's a weird yeah <laughs> there's a weird running parallel with joe rogan and myself mm. in in so many weird ways um and i'm not comparing myself to him i'm just saying there's a lot of weird things we have in common essentially martial arts being a background i was a national champion i was you know there's there's loads of things that are, are similar mm. uh, i just let myself get fat <laughs> You know, and I've got long hair. All That's where we deviate. Comedy. Yeah, well, I actually did. This is what people don't know. I'm just going to say this for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I did allow myself to get fat. Now, here's the thing. A bit of pretext. You're going to watch the Japanese series and go, whoa, what happened? Well, here's the thing. I had a bust leg, if you remember, because Pete had crushed it. Yes, in season two. Yeah. Now, I had to film. Like, this is me doing the whole, you know, feel sorry for me. I'm a celebrity and this is <laughs> this is what I go through for all of you to make you laugh. Uh -huh. But I had a broke I had pretty much a shattered leg. It okay? was, yeah. It was yeah. almost yeah. fractured. Screwed. Yeah. So I'm walking on that regardless. I'm mm -hmm. i I'm I'm a consummate pro, all right? Without painkillers for three weeks. Yeah. Right? On my feet, walking, doing all of these things in Hong Kong. Did most of that with a bus leg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get to Japan, I still healed. Mm-hmm. But we're having to scout Tokyo. See, I hadn't been there before. Yep. Pete hadn't been there we, before. We literally, we metaphorically went in blind. Pretty much. Yeah. You'd been there, uh, you'd seen little fractions yeah, of it. Yeah, not enough to take you guys around. But your memory's so bad. So we're in this situation, and within 10 days of us being in Japan, Pete and I did a scout trip to Rapongi. We've talked about this on a podcast. When we did the Rapongi trip, we walked about 30 miles that night. No joke. It was a six hour trip. And we got back really late. Yeah. In the, well, early in the morning, I should say. I think we Probably talk about it on morning. one of the we podcasts did. We did. in detail. At that point, I picked up a bug. Mm -hmm. 
And you can see that in the show. If you are watching it and you think, why the hell does Danny look like a zombie in the Shibuya episode? It's yeah. the Shibuya episode. I literally was so ill at that point. Mm-hmm. And you can hear me quite, you know, phlegmy and stuff, and I apologize. But we we had this time frame, and I was really ill. I think I did pretty good considering. Yeah. But um, I'm just saying that, like, this is kind of behind the scenes thing. But you know, we've got to wrap up the uh, Japanese series. But yeah, that was pretty heavy. But you still did a good job. I wanted to be fat for it too, yeah. because the synergize yeah. <laughs> I had to gain weight because Pete and I. Yeah. I wanted us to kind of look like we're from the same thing, and like the theory was. Because this is all improv. There is no plan. We don't know what we're doing when mm-hmm. we're filming it. We just don't know. Like what you're seeing on the camera is one take. 100% improvised. It's one take. There was about 80 hours of footage, but the majority of what you're seeing flows. It's literally what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. I just cut out the more surreal stuff, I'll be <laughs> honest. It might be a new episode one day. The, all the abstract jokes. You well, you say all the abstract jokes. <laughs> Uh, the more abstract jokes mm -hmm. but the thing i wanted to say about the series just to give people a little behind the scenes look at it yeah we didn't know what we were getting uh we had an idea in hong kong only because we know the territory like it's where we're from Mm -hmm. you know like england but japan was difficult because a we didn't know what we could film we didn't know how we could film it like it was so tempting to just go mental japan is a massively influential place and it's so tempting to go akihabara right i know what i want to do i want to film in a maze cafe i want to film in this electronic store i want to film like loads of kids do but i will tell people who are listening we're a professional company and the thing that separates us from most youtube people is that we have to whap as such now a lot of people can get a gopro stick it in their pants and film in (laughs) filming like an electronics <laughs> shop and they do yes yeah. i don't care yeah but we respect the laws in tokyo and there's so many things that people don't like you filming because yeah. it's or even taking photos of where's some structure mm-hmm. of privacy and i want to say this was really fascinating watching this stuff back yeah is the courtesy they had it's fine to express yourself with videos in japan they have these laws and they state and there's courtesy and there's etiquette one of the things they say is we actually encourage you to film we like that but not in a property not in a business not in a things like this unless you're doing an interview with the proprietor or you've got it all planned now we aren't that kind of a show we're not the kind of show like jack osborne and ozzy osborne famous massive like legitimately famous iconic celebrities they can literally do anything they want in japan yeah they're basically royalty right mm-hmm. uh, we're not those guys we're not louis through we're not trying to do an investigation no what we were trying to do is honest and that's kind of the thing with fia it's just an honest thing mm-hmm. it's capturing whatever we can and turn it into improvised comedy now if any of you guys who are seeing a show has ever seen improv comedy before think of if you're english and you're older than like i don't know 20 you might have seen a show called um whose line is it anyway mm-hmm. okay now whose line is it anyway represents improvised comedy quite well yes okay. it's also a theater game yeah it is it is yeah. but people there's very little of us that are listening right now that are from <gasps> theater game world except for graham maybe and <laughs> five other people theater people unite yeah <laughs> don't do that you'd oh. get shut down at my performance out of school if you didn't it um the point is improv theater is always something i literally did that's my thing that and so specific theater won't bore you with that but that was my thing and whose line is it anyway i used to do that 
we had a slot at the improv in Hollywood, which is another weird Joe Rogan nod. The thing that's interesting about improv comedy is that you need a muse. Usually it's an object. The audience says... A prompt. Well, you'll say, like, give us a setting. Mm -hmm. Right, you're in an airplane. Okay. Give us a vocation. Uh, you're a butcher. Okay, mm. what am I? Uh, you're a captain of a ship, but you're driving a plane. You know, something stupid. Yeah. And we it turns into Saturday Night Live. Sure, yeah. But it's audience interaction. Mm -hmm. That's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is that you devise in 24 hours. You got 24 hours to come up with a concept, a structure, a sketch, and a story, mm. and literally perform it in that space. Mm -hmm. So you got 12 hours maybe making it all up and 12 hours to get it all together and perform it. Mm. And in this process, you're all wrecked. Yeah. And there is no audience participation, but you're running on adrenaline. It becomes super surreal, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's many ways. There's multiple ways you can do things, okay? But when we were doing this show, one thing I wanted to do was address fundamentally almost an anti-statement. Series one was about social media panics and the headlines on social media and i thought how better to do that than wrapped up as a demon in a show season two was kind of like to showcase that hong kong is safe mm. no matter what no matter how crazy on the surface and the shell the protests and everything was in china and all this stuff yeah hong kong is still one of the best places in the world to be mm -hmm. and we wanted to sort of tribute it by compulsively lying i'm not gonna lie <laughs> about everything that you're seeing um yes let's, but uh, not some the of best our, tour show in well it's not meant to be is it but it's kind of like it's a nod to that but yeah. then my take on the hong kong thing was like we also wanted to be disillusioned celebrities mm -hmm. because we're so irrelevant in hong kong mm -hmm. you know like people don't care they're not licking you know it doesn't matter you're just two white dudes it doesn't matter mm. But it was uh, it was also a tribute to some of our favorite locations. It yes. was a selfish show, really. And then the third series being Tokyo, we had no plot. And I think one of the things that drove us to do the series that you guys are seeing currently now, because it's up mm -hmm. on YouTube, is I was really fed up of watching everyone's YouTube videos and social media. It's all full of people who are obsessed with the wrong things about Japan obsessed not necessarily the wrong no it things. is it is that it's all and i'm telling you from the perspective of of western people in japan it's always about running around trying to collect the most weirdest toys or thing from a vending machine or the strangest food or the weirdest cultural thing or it's total nerd out moments of people in cosplay and all this stuff now fundamentally it's this kind of glazed preconception construct of japan watching things that haven't been translated to you so there's a culture in in los angeles with cosplay and there's a culture in america as a whole with japanese animation mm. a lot of people watching this dubbed in english they're not yeah. watching it in its full language some people however globally have become obsessed with learning anime language and all this stuff but they've abbreviated things they've turned things into aberrations that aren't actually japanese at all mm. kawaii culture it's not a japanese thing no Okay, it's an interpretation. Yeah. And so one thing that really gets my goat, and I've said a lot of stuff to a lot of older people who are like, what the hell is that? You've just spouted a bunch of garbage. <laughs> Basically, to break it down, there's a lot of things about pulp culture in Japan that have become almost fetish-like to the West. Mm -hmm. oh, that's how you translate it. Yeah. And there's, there's also stuff that's become Japan-file. So they're blinded by this obsession 
with a with an existence that doesn't exist. And if you are Japanese, they're focused on the niche stuff. Niche and their interpretation. Yeah, yeah. And they think they know Japanese better than the Japanese know Japanese. You know mm. stuff like this, especially the younger people. And the notion. I'll give you guys a background check. When we were there, our area was kind of Hakusan's, like the student area of Tokyo by the university, very close to the campus. And so we had a lot of international students there, but there was a lot of tourists there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these tourists, especially one year ago at Halloween, because we were all there, yeah. were very overweight. I'm not going to cushion coat it. Wearing skin tight leotards, trying to be cat people and fairies <laughs> and freaking weird stuff. And going buying several donuts at the nearest 7-Eleven. Now I'm saying that because it's a fact. That's what was happening. And they're looking and scanning to see all of the Japanese people that are walking by, completely ignoring these people, these Western <laughs> people. And they're looking to see if they get some kind of variable check, like they're one of the kind. You see, it's like a reverse racism construct. Mm. Now, I have a lot of Japanese friends. I was also raised in a sense by Japanese martial arts senseis. And I have a lot of disciplines in Japanese. My aunt is Japanese. Hi, Noriko. How are you doing? I've talked about this a lot. Yes. But my point is, one thing that really gets my goat is the fact that people don't consider Japanese people first. Mm -hmm. And the Japanese are so accommodating to these crazy people. For example, you can blatantly <laughs> rip off a Nintendo game and Nintendo won't lawsuit you to death like America would. Mm. They'll go... We're just glad that it's reached an audience in the West. Yeah. We're just happy that Even you can. Even if they care. don't get any of the profits. Like the worst Death Note live action movie on Netflix I've oh, yeah. ever seen. Piece of crap. Yeah. The Japanese version, so much better. The anime, great. Well, it's okay. The manga was really mind-blowing, though. It was so super amazing idea. But the, the live action Japanese films, the one and two and out, very good. Then America does it. Completely misses the point. Completely makes it a American political thing. You know, it's completely stupid. And yet Japan doesn't go. That was you blatantly ripped us off. <laughs> you suck. You missed the point. Yeah. And they're not. They're not suing America for the IP. You know. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Okay. <laughs> Instead, the the head guy, the guy who created Death Note, it's like, I'm just glad that they can interpret this, and it means so much to them. I mean, that's how cool Japan is. Let's be honest. That's mm -hmm. amazing. That takes a lot. I think he said it was interesting. No, he said he, <laughs> he said he was cool with it. Like he thought it was it was cool. No, I know. You know, didn't say it was better he than his. He didn't say that he liked it. He just said <laughs> but it this was is, a nice. But this is one you know. thing. It's like it's not threatening to a Japanese person. Yeah, that's amazing. To break this down. The muse for the Japanese series for uh, FIA was literally, I went there without a real plan. I could have done anything. Mm -hmm. I really could have. But I saw this early on and I saw how disillusioned everyone was by it. Yeah. And I also told you all repeatedly, two podcasts, three podcasts, four podcasts, maybe, how Western Japan was, like Tokyo, I should say, mm. how Western Tokyo was. It was crazy, like crazy. And so I had these two things trigger me in the middle. And I was like, dude, I've got to do something here. 
that will actually entertain a Japanese should they be able to translate it. You know, like, unfortunately, we hadn't got... We were originally going to translate all of this and mm -hmm. have a panel and all kinds of stuff. But we just don't have the resources in a in a botanical garden. So unfortunately. Basically, the, the muse on this, if you're wondering... Because you're probably like, why aren't you showing much Japanese stuff? <laughs> where's um, the where's Yeah, the like, sushi? why the hell is where's this dude the... filming outside <laughs> half a dozen anime. things? It's basically because we didn't have enough time to set the permissions up. In the future, we will do that show. We'll do something that's following more of a cultural look at stuff. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Should we be able to get there again, you know? But the other thing is, um, I wanted to do something that was more kind of not the stereotypical what you see like it's all unboxing clips and dumb stuff like it's all really dumb stuff let's just say what we did there has not been done before. yeah i think it's also a, a look at tokyo and all of these iconic places mm. in a way you really haven't seen before yeah you really haven't and i feel like when you are doing something that's meant to be abstract comedy improvised comedy and stuff like this if I was to tell the English audience, the American audience, the European audience, everything they already know because they're super attacker or something like this, or tell them all of the weird variants and stuff, it's a show you've seen 500 million times. It's not very funny. And if I was to bring more Japan culture into it and mock that, yeah. then you wouldn't want to watch it. You tread on the line of yeah, and insult. I've got, I've got to be honest, I've got to protect that because, yeah. you know, being honor of the people that have taught me martial arts also... My family that's in Japan, I don't want to push the envelope too much, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think what we would call this is the two thickest expats going to Japan <laughs> and blatantly thinking I know everything when I know and nothing. Ignoring everything. Exactly. exactly. Well, that's, well, are they? They might be so culturally inept, <laughs> they actually believe what they're saying. Who Perhaps. knows? You make your decision. Yep. But watch the show. Enjoy your show. Season three on to YouTube. To the family of Sean Connery, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Mm -hmm. It's a loss, but what a legendary life. Legacy, simply that. An icon is just, the thing is, the decades, the, the decades that guy's been relevant. Even in his retirement, so many people are trying to get him out of retirement to do the next Indiana mm -hmm. Jones film yeah. and my goodness that guy um super amazing and did scotland proud and for that you know beloved so it is a loss you know he he had a good life man that's what you got to focus on so don't get too sad about it but yeah we've lost an icon folks anyway we'll be back in two weeks hopefully more news on our treehouse with and no we'll know leaves. who the president is and we'll know wow geez will we <laughs> i don't know hopefully and i'll say this in passing to close out America, once again, our thoughts and prayers are with you, man, because Godspeed, it's going to be a weird, weird time going forwards. But whatever, I just hope you guys are safe, stay safe, and take care of each other. We'll see you next time.